Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast production. Please visit our website at cspn.us for more episodes of Beer It Is and for ways to keep our podcast free for you. All right, boys and girls, once again, my name is Nubias Woolborn. We are here on Here It Is, and that is the name of the marquee, here at one of my favorite spots, Creature Conference in Athens Town, GA. There, it's a little, it's a dark, cloudy day, but it's also a beautiful day because they're still kind of in mourning over that tough loss the dogs took to the Alabama Crimson Tide, but it's okay. We're not going to focus on that, but the sky parted for a little bit. For about two hours, because we were at a special place, the brand new brewing facility that's coming for Creature Comforts, big 85-barrel system. And one of the guys who's going to be helping out with that system, my man David Stein. I mean, is there a better name for a brewer than David Stein, you know? He's a nice Stein. I wanted to make sure I had that name where I didn't know if it was Stein or, you know, anything like that, but it's Stein. I'm here with my man David Stein. He came up with the guys here at Creature Comfort, one of the co-founders and head brewer. So, David, how are you, man? Doing great. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to me. It was a pretty rough day. Uh, the well, the other night, I, I mean, with the football game, but let's not talk about that. Hey, man, you know the sun comes out again, and you yeah. know we're here. And most importantly, it's about the beer. And today was a twofold day. Yeah. First of all, shout out to Creature Comfort. Shout out to Chris Heron. Shout out to Emily. And the whole crew here that had us on this really wonderful tour, learning about the brewery. Shout out to Seth Herman. Just everybody. We'll make sure I get everybody some love here. Yep. But we were up, and we checked out the facility, so we'll start there. Yep. Tell us about this new brew house, man. Yeah, so we, you know, we, we're, I guess we're almost four. So we'll be four years old in April. And, you know, we hit a point where we are completely maxed out in the amount of liquid we can produce at our current facility, which is in downtown. So for, you know, probably two years now, we've, been, we've to some extent, been working on how do we build a new... Uh, I think it was uh, the first business in Athens that hired an African-American woman. Wow, that's big. Yeah, so there's a lot of, lot of beautiful history there, um, and we really enjoy taking old buildings that are historical and renovating them, rehabilitating them into something new. So, yeah, anyway, the new facility, we're getting all of, you know, state-of-the-art equipment from Germany, um, like you said. Steinbeck. Yeah. So, it's Steinecker. Steinecker, so yeah. you know, I said sorry. Yeah, yeah, Steinecker. Uh, I think about the beer Steinbeck, yeah, yeah. old-school German lagers, yeah. So, it's, it's literally, I mean, there's a few manufacturers in the world that make um, equipment to this, to this caliber, and it's, we're, you know, we, we've got one of them, it's the Steinecker Krohn's. Uh, we're getting an 85-barrel brew house, and, you know, the hope is that we'll be able to, you know, produce more beer that is, um, you know, even more consistent and mm. high quality than it is now, and that's something that we focus on very heavily now, just now that we have the equipment and the instrumentation to, um, in our new lab, to really check the quality every step of the way it's just it's going to be amazing and here's the thing guys 85 barrel system and the state of georgia that makes you once you get it up that makes you the third largest mm-hmm. brewery in the state obviously sweetwater's running a 400 barrel system and i think mm-hmm. terrapin i think they're whether like 120 somewhere something in there like that, yeah. and then you guys are right there at third barely surpassing um Jekyll and mm-hmm. monday night they both kind of upgraded to 50s yeah and what's that say for you guys at four years old it's i mean it's really hard to believe. It, we need to force ourselves to kind of st- take a step back. I mean, obviously, to grow quickly and kind of build the infrastructure to be producing what we're doing now, which is about 30,000 barrels a year, um, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and effort. So, you know, we force ourselves to take a step back and actually see that what we've accomplished in four yeah. years. Um, yeah, don't sleep on that, man. I mean, yeah, seriously, that's it's, important. So it's it's been it's been great. Um, it's a lot of hard work. We've given, we have built a really good team of people. Uh, given a lot of people, 
people opportunities to work for us and grow and, and learn a new skill. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild in four years to be, to have done what we've done. And I really just attribute it to, uh, being resourceful and having the right people involved that can take us there, you know? Wow. I mean, and then from there, I mean, think about it, man. I mean, when you first started, what did you first brew on, man? I started as a home brewer. Yeah. So, yeah, I was brewing. Were you on the stove? I mean, what were you yeah, brewing on? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. I mean, first, very first time, I think, yeah, I was on like a little uh, turkey fryer kind of situation. Nice. With uh, the little pot. I mean, brewing 10-gallon batches. Were you all grain starting or were you? I, I was. Oh, yeah. so you went all grain, no, no adjuncts, just straight mm-hmm. all grain. Okay. Yeah. All right. I started all grain, which is which is good. And um, so I, I homebrewed for probably, you know, five, seven years. Nice. Yeah, pretty pretty heavily and then um i got a job working at twain's which is in LA. yeah i know twain's yeah, yeah. Um, and they got a they got a new well i guess it's not, not really new anymore michael castagno yeah he's been, been there, there for about a year. a year and a half yeah. ish yeah. yeah he's great he's yeah. really like changed their game up there for mm-hmm. a minute they kind of slipped a little bit but he's kind of got them back rolling so shout yep. out to twain's yeah he yeah they're great i love those guys twain's is a great place and mike's been killing it so yeah yeah. So okay, so you, you you were doing your thing in Twain. Mm-hmm. Now where'd you go to school? Tell me about your little, little bit about your background. Get I went there. to UGA. All right, shout so, out, go dogs, yeah. 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 So from Atlanta, then moved to Athens for for college, and then um, I studied um, political science and religion. Oh wow! So I was just I didn't really know what to do, so I was I was kind of just interested in big picture. You know, why does why is the world the way it is? Kind of thing. So learned a lot of history, religion, politics, and then. You know, it was like I don't, I don't know. They, they really, decided to go drink more beer. No, yeah, it's like, you get a little depressed when you see right. religion and politics all, so much. So yeah, drink a little bit of beer. But um, yeah, just kind of fell into it as a hobby on the side, and then decided, you know, when I was really trying to make a decision on what to do with with life, it was like I want to, you know, put a little more effort into this and see if I could make a business out of it. And that's the thing. So, okay, so you're home brewing. You said you had been doing that for a few years. Mm-hmm. Was it at home brewing, or was it when you got to Twain's you realized, you know what, I can actually make a little bit of money off the beer that I make? It was it was when I was home brewing. Mm. So I had a pretty cool opportunity when I, I started working at the Brick Store Pub. Shout out the Brick Store Pub. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Shout out the Good Word. They got the Good Word mm-hmm. going over exactly. there. So yeah, those, those guys are doing their own beer now. Done a lot of good things. So yeah. I. They gave me, I got a lot of good opportunity there to sample out my homebrew to a lot of beer drinkers. Mm. Um, and people so, ain't going to BS you in there. Exactly. Right. Are, so I you know, tasted my beer on, with a lot of people and I got some really good feedback. So, you know, and I also got to drink a lot of beer. Mm. So I was able to drink, you know, my beer next to, next to others and kind of, you know, feel like, okay, I actually think that something has clicked a little bit mm. um, and that you know my beer is tasting pretty good so that that was when I was like you know maybe I can do this obviously I knew that there's a lot more to it you can't just go from being a home brewer to producing right you know, you know on a 30 barrel brew house which is what we're brewing on now so that's where I you know figured I need to partner up with some good people uh, and that's like a huge lesson that I would tell anybody who's mm. trying to start a brewery who has Tracks. Who has never worked at a brewery or has little experience working at a brewery is just to, to don't try to do it all yourself. Like, be aware of your limitations, partner up with people who can fill in the gaps. Mm. So that's where we brought you know, Adam on first because he had been working at Sweetwater for right. several years. And he's um, very... Sweetwater s- University, as we call it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They've trained up a lot of people mm-hmm. who now work at other breweries. So right. Adam's a very science-minded person. He had all the experience needed to brew on larger scale, you know, commercial equipment, and you know, so brought him on board immediately as a partner. And then uh, we got Chris Heron to be our CEO to run the business side of right. things. Um, okay, because he can't brew. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, no, he can't. He'll he likes to pretend a little bit, but. Uh, sorry if you hear anything in the background. Yeah, like, guys, we're, we're, we're in the brewery. barrel room. And, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, when I do this show, a lot of times I do it at breweries, guys. So mm-hmm. it's an active brewery, and people are making beer yeah, the as we run. talk. And mm-hmm. the mill is going. Because, again, beer is being made here. Right now. And, by the way, guys, this is Beer It Is on the CSP Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. Here with my man, David Stein, at Creature Comforts in Athens, G.
hey, as we're rocking and talking, and this man's been busy today, man. Yeah. He walked us around this big, huge, what, 26 acres of land. It's a lot. Out yeah. there, man. I mean, geez. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. Our building is 40,000 square feet at the new facility that uh, we'll be cranking out beer in about a month. And, um, yeah, it's a huge, huge thing. And, um, you know, we kind of tied that in as well to our Get Comfortable kickoff. Nice. Figuring, um, you know, bring a bunch of people out to see the new facility before it opens and then bring them back to our current facility because we're kicking off Get Comfortable, uh, which is our big charitable initiative we do every year. Uh, essentially, we're helping to raise money for nonprofits in Athens who are helping to um, to fight poverty, hunger, and homelessness, which hmm. is you know, a big problem here in Athens. So we're kicking that off today. Uh, we've got a lot of people here. It's exciting. We brewed a beer called Get Comfortable IPA for it, and you know, we, last year we raised over a hundred grand. Nice. You know, for charity, and this year we're hoping to beat that. I'm, my personal goal is to hit two hundred. Let's thousand, go. Which is crazy, but. And so, listen, guys, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. We're going to holler at our good folks from Wink.com. That is the great wine company where they can ship to you. We have a discount code. My producer, Classic, is going to tell you all about them. When we come back, we're going to talk to David because we got to get him out of here. We're not going to keep him too much longer. But we're going to talk about the initiative. We're also going to talk about the beer itself, what he's drinking right now, and maybe a couple other surprises. Stick and stay. We'll be right back. Here it is. Wink Wine Club is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosés to cabernets to tarantes, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you each month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel at any time. And now, for the listeners of the Beer It Is podcast, you can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. boys and girls once again my name is Nubias Wilborn and the name on the marquee is Beer It Is we're back here at Creature Comforts in Athens J with man David Stein one of the three the triumphant of founders of Creature Comforts Brewing what's up man all is well man just enjoying a beer right now drinking right now I'm drinking a mutualism oh tell me about that beer that is one of the ones that come in the little small, cute bottles. Tell us about this beer, man. So Mutualism, we brewed a couple of years ago with our friends over at Jester King. Yeah. Um, they make amazing, kind of funky, sour beers out in Austin, Texas. So we uh, brought them to the brewery, and we made a pretty cool beer. We decided to make what we coined as a southern-style farmhouse lager. I like it. So farmhouse being that it's more in the style of a farmhouse ale from Belgium. Mm. We use uh, wild yeast and bacteria. So we, But we started with a base lager. So what we did was we wanted to keep a super clean base beer and then blend both of our mixed cultures into it mm. and see how they, they would interact together. So it's a very simple kind of base, almost like a pilsner. Wow. And then you have the Creature Comforts, House Mixed Culture, Yeast and Bacteria, and Jester Kings, all in one. So you just like combined them and married them and... and yeah. Just came up with a little yeast baby there and, yeah. and <laughs> came out with some beer. Turned out really well. Wow, that is, an, that is actually impressive, man, when you really think about what's going on with that beer. And it's become so popular. I've seen it like 
you know, online. Like, do you get into that? Like, when you see the trade and people talking about, like, your beer, like, people shipping all over the country and all over the world. I, it's exciting, especially <laughs> when you hear that, you know, people are drinking your beer in Sweden and Copenhagen and talking about it. It's very cool. I don't personally get too caught up in, you know, in all the chatter all the time because it's, 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 it'll take, that's a full-time job. Right. You know, just don't. Well, as we got the lovely Emily here exactly. for to, to handle all the social media and, and get rid of the trolls, right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. but speaking of that, like, I mean, you know, rate beer some of those places. People mm-hmm. go people go in. Yeah. Do you ever read it in it or you try to stay away from it? I, I do. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll fall in, into reading it and then I'll, I'll tell myself, you know, I... I need to kind of step back because you you can kind of get lost in there and right. start reading about what people say about your beer, whether it's good or bad, you know, and you can get emotional about it if they. So, you know, I've learned like, you know, it's just better to focus, you know, on making making the beer. I have, you know, yeah, you know, I feel very good about the beer that we make, so I don't always try to get pulled into what everyone else is saying. Right. I mean, may, I mean, I, I know sometimes if there's a quality issue at a certain bar or certain restaurant, that'd be really nice to know. But outside of that, it's probably best to not yeah. get too caught into it. It's, you know, I'm just more focused on, on making beer. I don't have time to, to really get on the social all the time. So real quick, with the new facility, that lab, are you talking about that lab? Mm-hmm. Well, I won't say how much, because I don't know if you guys want that out there, but... A lot of money invested into that lab. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, tell me what that does for the beer and for the brand as you guys continue to kind of develop and yeah, yeah. move on. Well, it's perfect timing for that question because <laughs> Adam Beecham just walked in. Shout out to Adam Beecham. What's up? Yeah, he's our brewmaster and he's my business partner. Um, so, you know, he's really been taking the lead on the new facility, which we did talk a little bit about already. But, you know, as far as lab Goes mm-hmm. in quality control. Well, that'll be an Adam thing. So, so we'll get yeah, with Adam on absolutely. that. But while we got you here, mm-hmm. before we let you go, because by the way, this is the celebration for the Get Comfortable event. Yeah. And they're getting comfortable and celebrating that. Talk to me about that beer and tell me what that beer means. And then we'll get you out of here and we'll get Adam over here. Yeah, so the Get Comfortable <laughs> IPA is, you know, it's, it's a beer that, you know, we give all the profits to charity. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is trying to raise money to give back. Um, as far as the beer itself goes, this year we took a little bit of a, a different approach than some of the versions of Get Comfortable IPA in the past. Uh, we you know, hopped it really heavily. It's about four and a half pounds per barrel. We used Mosaic, Idaho 7, Cashmere, and Denali. Ooh, okay. So four you know, really nice hops Ooh. and... Uh, it's got a, a little bit of the haze going on. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of a little little slight bit. danky smell yeah. to it. Oh, definitely. There's a little bit of that, that dank in there. So you know, We like the dank sometimes. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while. So it's got some, some nice fruit character. Um, and yeah, it's something that pretty much it'll be like a rotating IPA probably every year. Nice. Um, so every year as we kick off the Get Comfortable year, we'll introduce a new beer. But that's yeah. You know, that's what we did for this year. I mean, Another cool thing you, you mentioned the profits of this beer. What does that? What does all that go? Tell us about. Tell us a little bit about that and how that works. So yeah, there there's six nonprofits that we chose this year, and essentially we'll raise as much money as we can um, through uh, you know raising money at the tasting room through Get Comfortable at PA every Wednesday. All of our profits go uh, to charity. We work with a lot of retail partners. Nice. So, but they're even selling socks and. And yeah, glasses got, for yeah. this beer. I mean, they're not playing around, we man. We got merch and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, the goal is to raise as much money as we can in a year, and then split it between uh, these six nonprofits that are local and working to help people out. So, yeah, we're last year again we raised over a hundred grand. So, my personal goal, which we'll see, I, I think we'll probably get closer to two hundred thousand this year, which would be great. Hey, man, get yeah. that money, go support that beer. When you see get comfortable, if you're in the Atlanta area or you're in Athens. You know, maybe a little bit may hit some other places, but it's going to be mostly Atlanta and Athens because that's where these guys are. That's the footprint. That's where Creature does their thing. Go buy this beer. If it's on tap, if it's at the gas station, wherever you buy beer, when you see it, pick it up because it's going to help somebody. And I'm drinking some now, man. It's really good. Good color on it. it smells good. It looks good. It, it is what that beer is supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, so then real quick before we let you go, 
You're gonna like as the system moves, you're gonna be still over here mm-hmm. bring all this monster. So what kind of things can we expect from you as you continue to kind of I don't I, I know there's gonna be a pilot system over here, but it's still gonna be the thirty barrel system, so it's not a that's not small. I mean right. it's still a lot of big, I mean, it's not, you know. Absolutely. I, we like to we call them like innovation projects. So if you've had Duende, Galactic Space Circus, Shout out to Duende. Yeah, 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 Stay Gold or Crescendo. We we've released a lot of beers that have been pretty much like one-off beers mm-hmm. over the past year. Uh, so we plan to be able to produce a lot more variety and a lot more innovation beers. Nice um, in the upcoming year and and forward. So. Hey. And I'm also hearing there's some existence hanging around somewhere, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we've got a, yeah, we got a bunch of Willet bourbon barrels that might have a bunch of existence sitting there. <laughs> Perhaps, maybe, and yeah. that'll be uh, that'll definitely be a bomber format or maybe not a bomber. Like a, yeah, seven fifty. Yeah, seven fifty format. So mm-hmm. come check it out. Maybe you can yeah. get it at the bur- maybe you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that we're gonna have a bunch of it and. Did a barley wine as well, which is something we've never done before. So oh wow! Yeah, we're excited. Barrel aged barley wine. Uh, we got rye and bourbon barrels from Willet. So nice. We're excited about that. Nice. Yeah. I'm hearing. I'm hearing there also maybe a visit to, to Modern Times again. Maybe yeah. Potentially, that was one of my favorite beers of that year. That Modern Comforts. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. We're always keeping in touch with those guys, and we've been talking about how we we want to brew more beer together. So. I mean, and that's what it is. And good partnership, good friendship. Mm-hmm. Once again, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Guys, beer it is. We'll be right back. We'll come back. We're going to come back with the brewmaster who's going over to the other spot. <laughs> this big behemoth of just steel and muscle and power and automation. <laughs> about, what, two miles away? Yeah. And we're going to come back with Adam. He's going to tell us about that. Once again, David Stein, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time, and Just thank you for making good beer, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Hey everyone, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown and Collars Podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation. And to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. For you, the listeners of the Beardist Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. With your membership, you can choose from such awesome titles as... The Autobiography of Gucci Mane by Gucci Mane. Slobberknocker, My Life in Pro Wrestling by Jim Ross. The Missed Adventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae. And What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is for your free audiobook. All right, boys and girls, once again, my name is Tobias Wilborn. David Marquis is Beer It Is on the CSPN Network, and I am here at Creature Comforts. First of all, I want to thank David Stein, brew, he's the head brewer, brewer. Yeah, yeah. and my man who's coming up next, Adam Beecham, is the brew master. And, you know, I kind of get those titles mixed up sometimes, but don't get them mixed up because, you know, people take that differently. I know, but either way, these guys are both bearded beauties, and they're really kind <laughs> gentlemen to give me their time. Sure. Adam, how are you, man? Doing great. Yeah, it's been a good day. I get, you know, we got this construction project going on, so I deal with that all day, and then we have fine folks like yourself come up that uh, get to take a walk around with us, and I, I really like uh, showing the place off, so that's it's pretty Well, fun. I mean, you yeah. should, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that, I mean... You started, you, well, not started, but you were working at Sweetwater. Mm-hmm, correct. And what, what was Sweetwater brewing on when you were there? 
When I first started, we were on a 50-barrel, four-vessel system. I think it was an American-made system. Yeah, not too big, right? <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> right. not huge, but, uh, you know, we got... For the time, point, it was, yeah. We got to the point where we were cranking out a lot of beer on that. I think they passed 100,000 barrels a year on that system while I was there because we run it, Ooh. you know, seven days a week. That's grinding. Towards the end, and it's just... If you're doing 50 barrels at a time, that stacks up, you know, over time. So I started there doing about 35,000 barrels a year. I stayed there for about seven years. Wow. And by the time I left, they had built the big one, the big boy that's back the 400, there now. 400, yeah. Yeah, which can crank out just basically as much beer as you could ever dream of. Jesus. But yeah. So I, I saw them through quite a transition, and that has really helped me to, you know, really understand what this transition has looked like for us. So, what is the yeah. greatest lesson you took? I call it support mm. university. Yeah. I mean, I guess Nick Knock and Freddie are like yeah. the deans and everything. Yeah, absolutely. What, what's the greatest lesson you I mean, took from over there? It's troubleshooting, really, because nothing ever really goes to plan in the brewery, you know? Mm. I mean, as much as you can, of course, but stuff goes wrong, and that's when you really separate the people that have a lot of experience from the people that have only done this mm. a little while, you know? So... There are a lot of things you can do to correct problems when they come up, but you got to make the right call. And the earlier you know, the more you can do before you end up having to dump a batch of beer or somebody gets hurt or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bad outcomes that mm. can happen in a production environment. So it's it's a deep experience. That's what I took from Sweetwater and just seen it done over and over and over and over again. And those guys, they know how to run a plant, you know. Yeah. That's, what they, that's what they've done for a really long time now, so... That's what I learned. Dumping beer on a 400 barrel system yeah, is not. Right. Nobody likes that. It's yeah. not cheap, and that can't exactly. be fun to watch. Sometimes it's the right call, though. You know, right. I mean, it's like you—that's your commitment to the consumer. Is when you when you pick up this beer, it's not going to be something that I had to think. Oh, should I serve this? You know, it's, right? When that question comes up, the answer has to be, yeah, we should dump it down the drain. You know, so. It's a tough call every time. Nobody likes it, but it's the right thing to do sometimes. So how did you meet Chris? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me about that story. Yeah, yeah. So how I met Chris, well, the, the, real, the genesis of Creature Comforts is that David created this brand and was doing his homebrew, and it was called mm -hmm. Creature Comforts. I knew him. We were mutual friends in college. We had mutual nice. friends in college. We were kind of buddies. After college, I was like getting ready to do my own thing. Mm. You know, I was coming to the end of my time at Sweetwater, and David had this really awesome thing going and it was very small it was homebrew mm. and so we kind of hooked up um, just because I, I didn't know anything about marketing really I, I was going to call it like American Brewing Company or something <laughs> oh like awesome that. Yeah, like, <laughs> big eagle yeah, and exactly. I make know, American beer great again it's like you know like uh, how America is a melting pot of like all these influences and that we use pragmatism technology to make things great but yeah not in the sense of the word that Trump used. <laughs> but, um, Make America great again. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so David had this cool brand, and he had really a good sense of what mm. people were drinking at the time, mm -hmm. you know, what, what, was, what was really going over. I knew how to run a plant, basically. Right. You know, I learned how to do production. We hooked up, and we found some investors that were going to do this building. We got it almost all the way built, and then we started looking around, because neither of us had taken a business class before run a business, nothing like that. So we need a CEO. Mm. So we went to a headhunter, actually, out of Canada. That's a, a specialist for beverage companies. They're a headhunter. Wow. They're a consulting group. And we found Chris Heron, who was trying to start a brewery in Atlanta and was much earlier in the very early planning stages, basically had a business plan. Wow. And so he was looking. He'd gone to the same headhunter, was looking for guys like me and David that knew how to run a brewery and market. So wow. Um, this is a match made in heaven. He was like, you guys should meet. And we all found out we'd grown up within like 10 miles of each other. Wow. We're all from Metro Atlanta. Um, we kind of knew some of the same people. It was really weird, you know. It was one of those things where it's like, that's exactly who we're looking for, and that's exactly – we're exactly who he's looking for. Wow. And so um, he came down for a weekend. He was living in Connecticut at the time working for Diageo and mm. um, up in there in Connecticut. And, you know, he was from this area, but – Came down, interviewed over a weekend. We're like, this is the guy, man. We got to make it happen. Of course, he was making you know way more money than we thought we were going to pay a CEO. <laughs> At the time, we had to figure right. out how that was going to work. But um, we had to we had to bring Chris on, and it's been the the best decision we ever made because he's he's just an amazing talent. He's a he understands marketing, understands sales. He knows how to be a leader and be a manager. He's a CEO. He's a born CEO. So it's exactly what we needed. In a way, it was like us finding our own boss. Mm. But, uh, you know, if you get to pick your own boss, it's better than not, right? Wow. So it's like 
Uh, it worked out really, really fantastic. So what were you drinking, man? What am I drinking right now? No, 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 no. Back oh, then. Yeah, back then. What yeah. were you drinking? That came from Sweetwater, and I yeah. used to write a lot of the recipes there. I wrote uh, oh, wow. a lot of the Dank Tank recipes early on. And, you know, anything from, we were doing coffee porters, we, we did Lowrider, um, that beer, I really liked that back in the day. Yeah, I hate um, that kind of, yeah. yeah, anyway, we won't I go know, yeah, Sweetwater IPA yeah. was my staple, you know. Um, I've always been a hophead, I like, I was really getting into sour beer as well at the time. Mm. Um, Cantillon, um, Dree, Fontenay. Of course. And, um, and uh, you know, there was a lot less beer back then, you know, right. even like four or five years ago. I mean, you think. Well, in Atlanta, breweries... what? There was what? Sweetwater, Red Brick, yeah. and what? Monday Night hadn't even started yet? Monday Night and. Cherubin was up Monday here. Monday Night and Wild Heaven kind of like contracting. Time. Right, they were contracting. Yeah. They, they were out of South Carolina. They were out of. Exactly. Um, yeah. What's, what's guys at? Yeah, Thomas Creek. Yeah, yeah, they were doing Thomas Creek stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just this next wave of these guys that were starting to open up breweries. And then, you know, there were a few. Sort of an art class, if you think about mm-hmm. it. Like, uh, second self kind of roll out around the same time, right? Um, you know, Savannah down in Savannah, in Southbound, he Southbound. opened up a little bit before us, but and like Red Hair was somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah they were a little bit before. That was really the first one after a long time of nobody opening up. Right. You know, we're like, oh, other people are going to open up breweries in the state. You know, so, right? Um, but yeah, back then I was drinking all the Georgia beer, getting to know what those guys were doing. Um, a lot of sweet water, man. It was free, you know. Right, there. of course. You're there, yeah. <laughs> but, but how crazy is it, speaking of that, how mm. crazy is it now? I, I was talking to Nancy Palmer, who, mm. you know, obviously, you don't know who Nancy Palmer is, you need mm. to know, mm. you know, pretty much does all the stuff with Georgia yeah. Guild, all their PR, sure. all their stuff. Executive I mean, director. Executive director right? really yeah. made sure that a lot of things happen with these new law changes. Yeah. So shout out to Nancy. She's really She's great. Working in the Capitol all the time. Right, grinding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sorry the Braves game with Casey Cagle bringing them around, like mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, they were aware of what's going on with you guys and everything yeah. in the industry. That being said, you know, she was telling me, what, there's like 70 breweries yeah, like, in dreaming or yeah, planning. Yeah, like, yeah. how does that feel like knowing? That's like, awesome. You know, most other states have that innovation lab, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, for a long time there was a, this massive barrier to entry in Georgia. Yeah. You had to, you needed about $2 million to get a brewery started mm-hmm. here, you know. And it's like. There's a lot of people that want to do it, and there's there's only so many investors that are going to put that kind of money down on somebody, particularly if it's somebody that doesn't have a ton of the professional experience, right. you know? But some of these guys, like, if you look at Florida, I think there's like 140 or something in yeah. Florida, and mm-hmm. they've had the ability to have these tiny tap rooms for a long time. Right. And Another cool thing about Florida is, like, they could sell other beer out of it. I, mm-hmm. I knew I lived in Tallahassee. I know yeah. Grasslands and Proof. Mm-hmm. They started their breweries selling other beers. Yep. Out of the tap room, just getting crazy beers right. you couldn't get, and then as they started to make money, that's how they bought their equipment, Absolutely. and then they bought the equipment, then they started brewing, and yeah. so it became their so own. You can ease yeah. into it. You mm-hmm. can make sure you're like, okay, I have a brand that works. People are connecting to this brand. They're gonna right. they're gonna come to the tap room. Now I have a baseline of income mm-hmm. that I can use. I'm gonna buy some tanks. You know, yeah. we're gonna scale this thing up mm-hmm. organically. And we had to drop a 30 barrel brew house in here Oof. and hope that somebody was going to understand what Creature Comforts was all about. Right, and hope know? the beer is good, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> all that. The first time it came out, we're like, God, I hope this is good, you know, like raising the glass in your mouth. But um, yeah, it's it's not a it's a much different environment now, and for us, it's exciting because I think Georgia deserves that um, that innovation, that you know, choice that choice for the consumer, right? Like you got. You might have a neighborhood brewery right on your corner. You might have right. one 10 blocks from your house, you know. It's like, you have these options. They're not all going to survive, and that's reality, and that's yeah, business. Of course. But we need to be able to let these people get into the game a little easier, and I think that's a, a big part of what, what the law change has done for Georgia. I'll tell you another place you can get into yeah. the game. Here on Beard is, on the CSB Network, my name is Tobias Wilborder here at Creature Comforts, my man Adam Beecham. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap this up, have some fun with Adam, talk about the new facility. He's going to tell us some little about the brew lab, some of the other things going on over there. Really walk us through it. Put us up on game. Stick and stay. We'll be right back. Here it is. Wink Wine Club is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosés to cabernets to torontes, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you each month with free shipping. 
You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel at any time. And now, for the listeners of the Beer It Is podcast, you can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. All right, boys and girls, once again, we're back here at Creature Comforts. My name is Tobias Woolboy. Name of the marquee is Beer It Is. I am here with Adam Beecham, the brew master here at Creature Comforts. Finished talking to David Stein earlier, head brewer. So I like how these guys, like, share these titles. And then, of course, Chris Heron, CEO, because Chris can't brew. But, you know, he's, he's a handsome guy, so we let that slide. And he's the only guy in the beer business that doesn't have a beard, but that's okay. You know, we're going we gonna to let that ride. talk to the banks, you know. Right, hey, but <laughs> this is, somebody has to be the clean-cut guy who makes sure that the money gets right. That's right. But you are in charge of the beer. You are going to be at this big behemoth facility over there. I mean, yeah. the third largest in Georgia. Sure. Man, how does that feel, first of all? Man? It's great, man. I think this is what I learned how to do when I came up through Sweetwater. And when I really, I so I went to grad school for genetics and molecular biology. I was studying how to cure cancer, more or less. Wow. And when I, I started seeing what Sweetwater was doing, I was a couple years into grad, grad school. And I, I saw just how successful these guys were, how much fun they were having, and how much of an impact they could have on the communities around them. So I, that's what I went to learn to do. I went to Sweetwater to learn how to do this. And mm. now I'm to the point with stepping into this new facility where I'm able to use a lot of those skills that I've kind of developed over the course of my career for the last, like, 11 years and actually use them in the kind of sense of, you know, what I initially was doing. So to me, it's, it's kind of like um, it's a happy moment of being able to have all the tools that you really want I mean, this stuff's expensive. It's no yeah. joke. And we, we don't hide the fact that it's it is not a cheap endeavor for us to get to this place. Um, but it's the right thing to do. One, for the quality of the beer, mm-hmm. right? And that's number one for us, quality. Um, we're, we're trying for efficiency as well. So, like, being able to use less natural gas to heat our boiler, being able to use less barley, being able to... Uh, just have all these efficiencies in terms of automation and precision that automation mm. brings. So, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited, and I, I usually say that it's it's kind of been my building my dream brewery. I haven't had to make a lot of concessions on the equipment selection because we, we've really put all of our money into this equipment. So you tell me you're not going to miss graining out, like, ah, put, like grabbing the hand, bags of grain? You know, <laughs> you're not going to miss that? Most brewers, they'll tell you that's not their favorite part of the day. <laughs> But some, it's funny, some people really like to get their hands in there, and yeah. I think uh, it's an interesting thing with brewers. I've found that when a lot of people move to these next facilities, some people do enjoy the romantic notion of making beer on a very small scale. Right. And my, for me, I, I think we're still going to have that, which is phenomenal. Yeah, you can still we're come over here and do that if you want both. to. Yeah. We're going to be able to do both. But when you have a, a beer that goes out to hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of people, you need to have certain tools to make it right every right. time or the the consumer complaints become cacophonous. So right, right, you know, right. People, well, just don't shoot at any cans. No, exactly, no. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's just really exciting for me. I think most brewers, most brewers dream of having tools like this and for us to be able to realize it at this point um, is, is just, like, I'm sort of well, over the moon about well, it. What's your favorite part, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, like of the of the of the new facility. Yeah, I geek out over science equipment, the laboratory yeah. equipment, pretty hard because that's my original background was in biology and, mm-hmm. and life sciences, and a lot of those same tools I'm getting to use from my previous career. Wow! Um, so that's that's fun, and a lot of the technology on that stuff has actually made big advancements over the last few years. Wow! So we, we've got a few tools that are uh, really really just slick modern things that are going to help us to make better beer. But the the really the the crowning piece of equipment in that uh, whole facility is the brew house is like 
It's a really fancy brew house. Yeah, no, I was yeah. just impressed. Yeah, Tell yeah. us real quick yeah. about the brights and the fermentation tanks, sure. just so people can understand how big they are. And yeah, so, kind of give us the specs yeah, on we'll that. Yeah, the whole thing. So the um, the brew house is a four vessel Steinecker Crohn's system, uh, fully automated, eighty five barrel, and then that feeds a cellar that's got three hundred forty barrel fermenters and bright tanks. Uh, we're starting with six of them. And that room downstairs can eventually fit uh, 24 of those tanks. Oof. So eventually that cellar and that single brew house can make about 170,000 barrels of beer a year. Wow. We left room for a second lane of brew house, which would add another 170,000 barrels. But we have to figure out where the fermentation the bright tank space goes. And there's a few adjacent buildings on the property there that could potentially do it. But wow. Yeah, so 170 in that current footprint. Then we'll figure out the rest. Wow. I mean, how long would it take you to get to the brewing? I mean, because that's because 170 barrels. I mean, that's. I mean, you're yeah, talking. Yeah. You're talking about southern tier. You're talking about you know yeah. the, those top 10, top 20 breweries right. in the Yeah, I think country. it would yeah. still be a little smaller than Abita. I think Sweetwater is a little above that. Um, you know, that's. Uh, we don't know, you know. We'll see how much Tropicalia and Athena and everything else people <laughs> want to drink. But we don't want to be uh, nationwide or even like a large regional. Because you guys really want to flood. We want to be in Georgia. We think Georgia is a major metropolitan area in Atlanta that, I mean, there's just so many people in Atlanta. And right. It's like, it's just, I discover a new neighborhood every time I kind of cruise around. Like, I just, you know, it's, it's just a massive market. And the goal for us has never been to grow in volume or geographically it's really that if we make quality beer and we do it right we do the right promotions and we we send the right message out there to people they're going to connect to it and they're going to drive that growth themselves it's not us pushing our product out there and saying buy this it's like look we're going to make it it's awesome if you want it get it you know and, right. and that's we'll kind of see where it falls from there and then from there, the tasting room over there would be like six months down the line. Something like that, yeah. yeah I mean, we, it depends on, I mean, so I know there's money involved. Yeah, and, it touches yeah. on what I said is like we try to sink all of our money into this equipment. And mm. we're, we're going to prioritize making quality beer there. And so once we get there and we start to see what the financial picture looks like, then we'll decide how we're going to build this tasting room out. But really for us, we needed our immediate need, we ran out of capacity to brew beer here yeah. so we needed to brew more beer desperately and we don't want to build something small so that we're doing it again in two or three mm -hmm. years like we need to build something that's going to last us for 10 15 20 years and so that's what we did and the other piece will come as as we get the mind share honestly is what it comes down right. to in addition to finance it's like man building this thing takes up about all of my energy right now you know and it's and once we get to a stable point, we'll be like, okay, take a breath. What's next? I'm sure your distributor's happy. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, they've been, we've been talking about this for two years, so they've been excited about it for two years. Right. And they're almost there, you know? And so, you know, and they allocate our product, which isn't an easy thing for them. Right. So you can't just, you can't just buy your new bar. You can't just buy a keg of Tropicalia, unfortunately. Yeah. There's only a certain amount in the world, and it typically goes to the places that it goes to. You right, know? yeah. And that's that. And so... We're excited for our distributor and for our retailers that have been screaming for this stuff for a while, and that's a big that weighs on us. You know, we these people support us in the market; they promote our beers, and we when we have to say no, we the Tropicalia or the Athena or the Bebo or Reconomar does not exist. Then that, that's a tough conversation. And we're we're excited not to say no. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're going to have a quick fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to do our six pack, and that's okay. going to be it after this. Oh, they it's, have the dream six pack. And it's going to be fun. We're going to have this yeah. six quick questions okay. about beer, life, society, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Guys, we'll take a quick pause. We'll be right back after you do the six pack. Well, man, and we're out. Hey everyone, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown and Collars Podcast. Just reminding you that you are listening to a CSPN media presentation. And to check out Crown and Collars every Wednesday so we can tell you what your aunt does when you're not around. For you, the listeners of the Beardist Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. With your membership, you can choose from such 
awesome titles as The Autobiography of Gucci Mane by Gucci Mane, Slobberknocker, My Life in Pro Wrestling by Jim Ross, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae, and What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash beer it is for your free audiobook. Alright, boys and girls, we're here for my favorite segment, the <laughs> Six Pack of Fun with a man, Adam Beecham, brewmaster here at Creature Comforts in Athens on this beautiful day. I mean, it was a dark, cloudy day earlier, yeah. right? Because there's still it could have still kind of mourning the loss for the dogs, you know. But the sun came out as we rolled up on that new brewery. That's right. It came out, it was bright, and they and they walked us around. You know, had, you know, all these civic people and <laughs> journalists, and just, you know, just this royal welcome for this new brewery that's gonna be ready about a month or so. Mm-hmm. Gonna be cranking out 85 barrel system, four barrel brew house by mm-hmm. I mean the Mac Daddy <laughs> of brew houses. So I mean, yeah. just steel all over, just beautiful, yeah. glorious piping. So anyway, that being said. We're now going to do our six-pack. It. It's fun, easy, going to have some good times. All right, man. So <laughs> if you could have a beer with any four people, dead or alive, oh, wow. who would they be? You're going to test me, man. Uh, I mean, Barack Obama's got to be up there, right? All right. Uh, That's we, one. Don't, we don't always get too political at Creature Comforts, but I admire that, man. Um, let's see. I'm a big, uh, you know, we curiosity is our thing here, and so we really... Um, we really uh, admire thinkers and explorers and people that have really pushed the boundaries of things. I've always thought, like, Albert Einstein is kind of cliche as it sounds, but he's like, the guy figured out the universe from his armchair, you know? Right. He didn't have to do science experiments, so I'll go with Albert Einstein. Um, and then, you know, I, I got my uh, genetics degree uh, from here at UGA, so maybe uh, we'll throw in Watson and Crick, the guys who uh, discovered uh, DNA. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's your four pack. Yeah, yeah. That's your four guys mm-hmm. that you would sit, yep. have a beer with. Yep. You know what's next? <laughs> what are you, what are you drinking? What are we drinking? What are we drinking? What do you got? You know, <laughs> I really like. Uh, I like a good lager these days. Really, I think a lot of people are getting. Uh, you know, there's all these crazy IPAs and super sour beers and stouts with like 10 million different kind of pastries in them. Uh, <laughs> right. I like uh, sugary sweet stouts. Everyone, and, yeah. I like all that stuff. Don't get me I wrong. I do too. We, we make some of it, you know, yeah. but I think a lot of times I just kind of long for simplicity. So I like Bebo. You know, Bebo is our uh, Pilsner. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's simple in the fact that it only has a few ingredients, but it's beautiful in its simplicity. It's like an austerity. So nice. you know, we, we'd all be drinking Bebo. So you think you guys would sit and discuss whatever facts and yeah, just man, life over some Bebo? It would be a pretty lofty conversation. I'm just thinking about the table that I built here. And there's some <laughs> freaking smart people there. But, yeah, no, we'd, yeah, we talk about beer probably. So. All right, three. Other than anybody yeah. at your brewery, yeah. the coolest person you've met in craft beer? Craft beer. Um, you know, I really like uh, Avery Swanson from Jester King. I think, like, she uh, really embodies what I um, like in a brewer, which is somebody that's very, like, process-focused, data-driven, just really has an amazing breadth of knowledge right. of what she does. Mm. Um, and she's she's also a hell of a lot of fun to hang out with. So, yeah, Avery Facts. from Jester King, yeah. <laughs> right now, she's yeah. really sweet. Yeah. yeah um, number four, your dream collaboration when you haven't done yet. Yeah. Who, who would yeah. who would you be collaborating there, with? There are a few people that still have this like sort of um, mysteriousness to me. I've get, the cool thing about getting to do this job is you get to meet a lot of your heroes along the way. You know, it's like I've been a craft beer fan for probably fifteen years, and there are people like. Um, like Matt Brendelson from Firestone Walker that right. I've spent a lot of time with at this point. Like wow. I've had many beers with and like wow. gotten to know, been to his house twice and you know, so like we've done that. And so a lot of those things I've, I've we brewed a beer at Firestone last year. Um, a lot of that stuff has sort of been like, holy shit, like this is like, this is happening. I think Cantillon still to me lives mm. in this sort of like mystical, like 
if I ever got to like spend the day with Jean Benoit and like wow. drink beers and maybe blend some beers with them, I think I think that would be still like the, the ultimate blending day with Jean Benoit. Yeah. That, that does sound like yeah, yeah. one of those like bucket list mm, yeah. kind of things. <laughs> All right, um, I asked you favorite beer, favorite all time meal. Meal. Oh man, that's a that's a good one. I, you know, I uh, I have a brother in law that runs the restaurant Cakes and Ale in Decatur, Georgia, yeah, Billy uh, Allen. Uh, um, he did a beer dinner for us uh, in our first year of operation. And I remember really distinctively, um, he did, it was like a fried chicken bucket, except it was quail. Oh. And it was like just, it was like 30 pieces of, this is what stuck out in my mind. The whole meal was phenomenal. But like, there was just a pile of fried quail. I like I'm it. A, fried chicken's my number one food, so I think the fried quail bucket from Cakes and Ale probably. Takes fried food. quail bucket, <laughs> I like it. All right, then number six. Yeah. What is your wildest dream for Creature Comforts? Well, um, I, I hope I hope that we can continue to really uh, make an impact on the community here in Athens. I think that's what today is really all about, yeah. and it's, so it's on the top of my mind. Um, you know, we, it's a goal that I think is really achievable for us. We are in a city of like 120,000 people or something like that. We have the, um, some of the highest hunger and poverty rates in the entire country. Um, and so we've got a lot of work to do on that, but I think, I think if we can really focus our energy here, we can make a really important and meaningful impact here. Um, that, that's something that's like, you kind of get to the point where like you're, you have a successful business. You're a successful brewer. Right. You're like, what else can I do? You know, and that, so in terms of like what our, I see our company doing and what's going to be meaningful for me, I think that's huge. Um, making this place the best place in Georgia in the country to work for employees. I mean, these are people I spend the most time with by mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Out of anybody in my life, more than you know, my dad works here actually. So oh, I wow. to say, like, you know, I spend time with my family here as well. That's nice. And my wife and my sister works here actually. My cousin works here. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a it's it's fun, but um, it's true family business. Yeah, absolutely, we are, and you know, but we have seventy five people that work here, and I want to make careers for these people, and I want to make impacts in their lives as well. Um, in terms of our beer. Um, I like accolades, you know, like the right, win yeah. awards. I like for people to give our beer praise because most of the time I think uh, I think it deserves some respect. That's I just want respect, industry respect. Right. I think is a goal. So, okay, bonus question. Yeah. What is the coolest thing you've heard about your beer? Coolest thing I've heard about our beer. Or well, a particular beer so, or something. That- uh, one of my original beer heroes, Vinny Silaruzo, uh, from Russian River. Yeah. Um, who I've had the pleasure of meeting a handful of times. Um, has said that Athena is the best Berliner Weiss in the world. So wow. yeah, he's said that on multiple occasions. It's published. That one kind of threw me back. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take that one. I'm, I'm doing something right here. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, that was probably my favorite comment that we've received. So I respect Vinny immensely. <laughs> I mean, pretty much invented double IPA and like American sour beer. So you know, in terms yeah. of like American brewing legends, he's he's probably top. So it takes the edge off some asshole on Twitter saying <laughs> your beer sucks, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah well, well, Vinny says. Uh... Vinny says it's good, so screw you, asshole guy who just stopped, who just stopped drinking PBR yesterday. Yeah, all right, but anyway, man, yeah. guys, we can get on this stuff all day. I really want to thank the good people sure. from Creature Comps. Adam, thank you so much. Also, That's shout good. out to Emily, the wonderful PR marketing impresario wizard who mm-hmm. just puts all this together. They did a really great beer tour for us today of this brew of this event of everything that's coming and shout out to you guys man keep doing it man thank you thanks for the love man and no problem thank you man hey thanks cheers Cheers. all right guys that's beer it is and we are out